Riverside. to Dance Talk with Joanne Carey, where the dance world connects, the conversations inspire, and where we are keeping them real. I'm your host, Joanne Carey, and I'm joined today by Dawn Atkins, newly appointed principal with Miami City Ballet. I'm delighted to have her as a guest here today on Dance Talk, and we're going to get started by having her introduce, our, introduce herself. Welcome, Dawn, to Dance Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Okay, where should I start? I <laughs> I grew up in Vermont, um, started dancing when I was five and loved it. And um, when I was about 10, my family moved to Virginia. So I danced with Richmond Ballet for a couple of years as a kid. Um, when I went to high school, I went to North Carolina School of the Arts um, and loved it there. And upon graduating, there. Um, I went to Boston Ballet and went up through the company. I was there for about 10 years. Um, started as a trainee, went up to Boston Ballet 2, the second company, then joined the core, then was the second soloist. And then um, a couple of years ago, I came down here to Miami City Ballet. And here we are. Here you are. Well, that's wonderful. You know, I always like to ask the dancers, um, you know, I grew up dancing, but I started later. I started, I didn't start dancing until I was 13. I did other okay. activities. And in, in ballet world, usually that's late for right. a dancer. By then, you're usually on that track to, you're going to be in a company, you're going to go through the school and whatnot. Um, and I had then gone on to a modern dance company and perform at the modern company and whatnot. But I look back at myself, you know, when I'm speaking to so many dancers who are in ballet companies and how, in my viewpoint now, as I look back as an older adult, that how, how young that is. It doesn't seem young, right? When you're in right. it, you know, when you're 12, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, you feel like you're on top of the world and you're an adult. But when I look back, I think it takes a certain kind of um, inner personality, inner stamina, inner strength. I don't know what that is. I guess I want you to speak to that because so often I hear the dancers at that age who have either gone away to a conservatory, uh, wherever that is, whether it's in New York, in London, wherever. I've spoken to so many um, and because that wasn't my experience, I really want to talk about that a little bit, especially for those younger dancers who are uh, com contemplating that, as well as their parents. Can you talk yep. to us a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. So I went to University of North Carolina School of the Arts, the high school program, uh, when I was 14. Mm -hmm. So I was, I mean, I didn't think I was young at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I was more than ready. But looking back, that's really young. Yeah. Um, I remember my mom was incredibly supportive, but she would come like every weekend um, because I'm sure like she's like, you're just a kid, you know, how can you be living away from home? Um, but I was so certain that it was the right path for me and, and what I wanted to do. Um, but going back even further, I mean, even when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. um, and I think this is probably true for a lot of dancers that have followed their passion to become a principal, a professional 
um, when I was, I don't know, eight or something, I was already saying, I'm going to be a professional dancer. Mom, I'm going to do this. And she, okay, honey, that's great. You know, um, but I was very certain. And I, I think maybe it's that passion, that stamina that you're talking about. Maybe the passion that gives you the stamina to rededicate yourself over and over and over again, even at that age, you just yeah. know, that's what I have to do. I want this. Yeah. Um, I was a little kid and in that phase where you do like the fairies, you would like run around in your tutu and stuff like that. And my first ballet teacher is like, Dawn, you would keep asking to go to the bar every week. When do we go to the bar? Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to start the real stuff. Like I was done messing around with the tutus. I wanted to do ballet, you know, um, I was done skipping around the room. Um, so I do think that many dancers have kind of that like maturity level, at least in the form of, of dedicating themselves to their art form. Um, I'm sorry. I, I think you're, you're right. Especially too, you know, I had a dance studio for 23 years and I would see it too. You know, people would often ask me, do you see, you know, do you see anybody with that promise? And of course you do, you know, and then you, you, you know, you, you guide them, advise them of what to go, what to do, where to go, if you can't provide that for them. But I do think, you know, and the more I do these conversations, I do think it's either, it's something you're born to do or be. I really, I, goosebumps. I, I really believe that. I think it's something like, it's like your, your mission, like your purpose, your, you know, we often talk about that. Like, what am I going to do in life? What am I going to, you know, children, what am I going to do? What are you going to be when you grow up? So I think knowing that, I think then you be, you're, you're wired for lack of a better word to have that happen. And then with the right guidance and support system, I think it can be realized. And I think it is realized, totally. um, especially when you talk about your mom coming, you know, every weekend. And, and I know too, when you're dancing at that level, and you can speak about this, when you're dancing at that level, that's all you're doing. Like, it's not because you don't want to do anything else. It's because you're, you're living for it. Is, is that correct? Can you talk about that? Totally. So part of what made me want to go to a boarding school or some sort of training program that was more rigorous was because I was running into what I think a lot of kids run into. Um, I can't do anything with my school friends after school. I can't go to football games. I can't go to school dances. I can't do any of that because so, I have ballet yeah. and I want to go to ballet. Um, but going to um, North Carolina School of Arts, I felt like I was surrounded by kids like me. Yeah. Like finally I had friends like me mm -hmm. that were equally as dedicated, whether it was, it's an art school, so it's not all ballet, but it was people that understood the dedication to their visual arts um, major or their musician, their musician or whatever drama, whatever it was, like they understood that dedication and all of our schedules were crazy and filled for the most part with that art form that you're studying. And um, I think there's a lot of value to that because I do think that to get to an elite level, you do need to kind of immerse yourself in that. Yeah. And I think um, that's so multifaceted. I think it's so necessary at a certain stage to be that dedicated and honed in on 
living dance. Like you are a dancer, like breathe that in. But then I think there is a time at some point when you, you have to look at the whole person. And that's something that I focused on a lot um, as I've gotten older, but certainly at, for the kids and for, for that age group where you're really trying to get that pre-professional level, see if you can make it, Mm -hmm. you have to immerse yourself entirely. Yeah. And I, I, I like to give a shout out to all those parents, yours included, you know, who, who are that support system and who see in their child that potential, that real potential. And then they really, um, you know, support their dream, you know, because mm-hmm. they know that it's, it's a real thing. It's not just a passing fancy. Um, totally. So and, and a big thank you, right? Yeah. Yeah. A big thank you. And, and for like seeing the, the potential that the kids have, but also for listening to the kids when they say, this is what I want. Like, I want to make this happen. And and for like kind of facilitating that, opening those doors for the, yeah. for their kids, like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I say it too, because I, I have um, a little niece right now who mm-hmm. is loving ballet and, and I'm not teaching her, you know, she's, um, and I, when I hear her talk and she really gets it. And I just keep, I, I haven't said too much. I, I just think to myself, gosh, I really hope she'll continue out because she's only, um, she's in kindergarten and she oh, wow. started, I think last year, the year before, and, and she's a mouse now in the nutcracker. And, and so I really, I'm really hoping that she will, if it's meant to be, you know, continue right. with that with that love and nurturing and guidance um you know so yeah so it's a it's a it's a fascinating thing when i have these conversations but let's let's talk about so you're at you know you're at the university you're at the school of the arts and then what happened was that when you went to boston what happened after that after yeah so then i i graduated from high school and um i went to boston ballet summer intensive that summer and while there i was asked to stay as a trainee Um, so, you know, different companies and schools have different levels kind of, but essentially training was like the highest level in the school, but yet you were still sometimes in with the company, you would learn different roles and in various ballets that they had and stuff. Um, so that was cool. Of course I said yes right away. Um, I did that for a year. Generally it's a, it's a two year program. Um, but after a year I was asked to be in the second company, um, which of course I was thrilled about. So I did that for a year and then, um, was asked to be in the company after that. So that was kind of my journey and how I got, um, started with Boston. And then when you're, when you're receiving that news, right? Like, you know, you're, I I imagine your insides are just like leaping for joy with, with no pun intended. Right. But, and, and then what was it? when you're, when your teachers are telling you and the company, you know, directors are inviting you into the company, are they giving you like what your strengths are and what they see, what potentially seeing you and what, what they hope for you to do and accomplish within the company? And I, and I say this specifically again, so parents listening and kids listening to this, um, know what the expectations are or, or what they are not. Um, I would, say that actually the more you progress, the less feedback you're likely to have. So I think that's actually like 
why a position like a trainee or a second company, like apprenticeship type Mm -hmm. roles are so important in the development of the dancer because you are learning what it is like to go from a teacher that is constantly giving you feedback, good or bad. No, do it again. You weren't turned out enough. Nope. Go back, do that again. Um, Oh, that was better. Like suddenly you're entering a professional world where you don't get that kind of feedback. And um, of course there there's feedback, but it's far less handholding and um, it's, it's scary because all of a sudden you're like, am I doing something wrong? Like, this is weird. It's different. Right. And I think when I teach students, I actually always try to remind them to think for themselves. So don't wait for me to give you a correction. Um, of course, I'll, I'll try to get to everybody and, and personalize things, but like be thinking for yourself. Like, what can you be working on? What did you need to fix from last week? That cor- that sort of thing. Um And I think that goes hand in hand as you go into a company position or um, more of a professional environment, you're not going to get as much feedback like, oh, this is what we love about you. They'll probably say like, we're excited to have you in the company. Here's your contract. And that's, there's not going to be as much um, communication, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. It it would be nice, but. Yeah, it just doesn't, that's not the world. That's not what happens. Yeah. And and I like what you bring up about teaching too, and about teaching the students, you know, how to think for themselves and to take corrections. I, I always say too, you know, when I'm correcting someone else, listen, because you can apply this to yourself. It's not just for this one person. I'm just having to see it at this moment on this particular dancer. Right. So it's about, and that's what I think is the wonderful thing about dance class, whichever kind of dance class it is is that you are constantly taking that and integrating it into your own self, how to make yourself better or how to apply it. Um, and, and it becomes such a great awareness, I think, of yourself. Can you talk about that? Yes. I actually think that it's awesome that you're telling your students that because that truly is something that they'll carry forward in a professional setting. Like I said, there's less feedback. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to necessarily say it's the right arm, not the left arm to every single one of us. It's my responsibility. If they told someone across the room that that's what it is, that I heard that and took that correction and applied it. So that is kind of the reality. There's not as much um, individual attention. So you do have to pay attention. You, you've got to hear those corrections. You've got to think, oh, did I already, did, did I do that? Like when we ran flowers, mm-hmm. did I do the correct arm? Okay, great. I was doing the left arm and that's what it is or whatever the correction is. Um, so I think that's a great skill for students to start developing. And now, so, so what brought you from Boston to Miami? What, what was that trajectory? Um, so my husband actually had a job opportunity here in South Florida and, you know, brought it up to me and said, I've really got to do this. This is great for my career. And, um, I was like, okay, you know, that's different. Um, but I had, um, seen a lot about Miami city ballet and about Lourdes Lopez, the artistic director. And I 
really loved everything I was hearing her speak about, how she spoke about the company, um, the rep that she was doing, and, and just all the things she was doing for the company. So I was kind of excited and reached out to her um, a couple of times. And at some point, the stars aligned and she needed a, a female dancer and said, you know, can you come take class next week? And I did. And a couple of days later, she gave me a contract. So um, that was just perfect. I mean, yeah. truly felt like everything aligned. all the, yeah, all the stars aligned for sure. Um, so that's kind of how I transitioned. And I, you know, I, again, I like that you're saying that because it, it is so important about advocating for yourself too, right? Um, just to really, you know, because so much, so many of us are shy, right? Like we, people yes. find out that dancers are, you know, you're on stage in front of thousands and thousands of people, but so often very introspective or very quiet, very shy mm -hmm. people. Really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, sure. and, and so to, to learn how to advocate for yourself, it doesn't hurt to say, I'm coming, you know, I'm, I'm, this is happening in my life. Is there a possibility? Um, and I, and I stress that again for those listening to just take that leap of faith. You know, I did with this, you know, with, with starting this podcast, I said, well, I'm just going to ask people and they're either going to say yes or they're going to say no. And it's just the floodgates open. Like you said, everything aligned and it's yeah. really wonderful conversations I'm ha getting to have with people like you. So, so talk about that and encourage those dancers out there to, to do that. Yeah. Um, as someone that's probably shy and I do not like change. Like that is scary to me for sure. I am still surprised <laughs> that I, I made the change. I made the um, choice to just up and switch companies um, because it, it's scary and you have to take that risk. But I just had such a feeling that this was going to be a good thing. Um, and it's turned out to just be totally worth it. But I mean, there were days it was really hard and really scary. And, and you're like, why am I leaving everything I know? Like I know everyone in my former company and I'm, I grew up there and I'm comfortable there. And mm -hmm. um, what if I don't like it? Like there's all these questions, yeah. right? Like what if I don't settle in? What if I don't find my place? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but you, I think there's a point when you just have to take the chance and trust. Like if you've got that that gut instinct that says this is going to be a good fit, I think you have to trust that mm -hmm. through all of the scary ups and downs. Yeah. And now did you make the switch during the pandemic after where, where was that? Around? Sort of just after I joined the fall of 2021. Oh. So I guess that's kind of after depends yeah. how you look at it. Um, but when we, when I started here at Miami city Valley, we were still in masks. Okay. And, and so like, I remember um, the first nutcracker performance I did with the company and like we took our masks off backstage and someone was like oh my god I didn't know what you, your face looked like right isn't that it's amazing? crazy you know like wild to think about um but yeah so it was kind of post pandemic ish but we were still a little bit in the thick of it um and I don't know if that made it easier or harder you know it just yeah. was right. another it just was yeah yeah and so then here you are you know you're going along you know, performing 
and then you get your promotion to principal. So congratulations again. You were just Thank recently you. promoted. When was the exact date? Um, I got promoted in February, and it took effect um, at the start of this 2023 season. So I guess end of July. End of July. So yeah, so so wonderful to be promoted to principal dancer. And what was that like? And and let everybody know the process behind, not the process, but what was that notification like for you? So, um, well, I'll backtrack a little bit. I joined Miami City Ballet as a soloist. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that was in 2021. Um, at the end of that season, I got promoted to principal soloist, which is the next rank here. And um, Lourdes Lopez called me to her office to promote me. And that was, of course, very exciting. Um, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, so that was, you know, very special. Then uh, we come back for the season and I am under the impression that for promotions, you must be called to the office. That must just be the protocol. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything different. Um, so this was in February. We're performing. Um um, a program called Modern Masters and had a couple of different pieces and um, it was opening night for it and um, I was getting ready and I remember telling a friend of mine like let's just have fun like like let's really enjoy ourselves um, and I remember thinking like my goal tonight is just to touch as many people as I can in the audience and um, just going into it with like a good attitude like that you know promotion was totally off my radar I was just thinking about the performance and after the sh- after our piece finishes and we bow uh Lourdes comes back and she hugged me and and my partner and said good job and that's nice that's very uh, always very nice to hear but very like routine in that they okay good job or sometimes they'll give you a note or whatnot uh, but she kind of like stayed there and held my hand for a second and I I remember thinking oh what's this kind of thing? Like, that's, you know, what are you doing? Kind of. And, um, she just said the word principle to me. Yeah, I know. Like it makes me, I still am like smiling and like giddy about it. Um, and I think I just started crying, (laughs) uh, like, you know, I don't even know what happened next kind of thing. I hugged like a million people. Um, but it's really cool because actually someone was filming, happened to be filming. And then, uh, there's some pictures too. So it's really cool to like relive that moment for sure. Backstage or on stage? That's happening. Backstage. So we had bowed, curtain came down and then, you know, we're standing there with our peers and Loris comes up. And so, but I just thought, I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. The show went smoothly, you know? And so then, you know, for her to just say principal was like all of the work, all of the years that you've, dedicated your entire being to it just like finally came to yeah. fruition kind of so and, very special and is there like is when you reach that goal principle is there a freedom that comes with it like a freedom for and i asked this only because there was another principal who who had recently gotten uh promoted that i had spoken with and she spoke about the artistic freedom and is there that sense of art, of really being able to delve into your artistic freedom or what is it 
what does it actually mean for you as an artist? Um, that's interesting, actually. I would love to hear what other principals say, especially when like that first couple, you know, year or two after they get that, that news, um, because I've done a lot of thinking about it. I remember the next day, I of course had another performance and I felt so much pressure. Yeah. Even though I had just done the piece, I've done the piece a bunch of times, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden I was like, oh, with this title comes a responsibility Mm -hmm. of, you know, that's being asked of me, I now have to deliver the way a principal delivers mm-hmm. on stage. And um, I, I, I actually like that. I kind of like that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was okay, but it was, it was different. And I was like, oh, okay, that that's new. Um, so that's one thing almost, I, I feel a sense of responsibility, um, not only in how I dance. So I guess it's like a happy responsibility. Right. It's not only... It's not heavy, but it's a responsibility to conduct myself, to dance the way a principal would, but also to conduct myself mm-hmm. the way um, I think a principal should in a way that people can look up to me, in a way that I'm a positive influence mm-hmm. in our company um, for my peers and for everyone. Um, so that's one side of it. But then I do feel a sense of freedom, almost um, um, like a bit of like I get to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Um that's what not that dancing's not fun. <laughs> no, I get uh, it. Always. Yeah. But just um you're in you're so for so long fighting and, and and saying, okay, I have to do this, I have to do this really well, and then maybe I'll get to the next step and then maybe I'll get to the next step and maybe I'll and so you're constantly doing that. And so now to be like, oh I'm at that step that I've mm-hmm. like been striving for for forever I'm at that step so now like what do I like how can I get better at this Mm -hmm. what can I do to be um to improve this Mm -hmm. turning or jumping or whatever it is you know my my artistic freedom whatever but it's cool because I I feel like there's a bit more play now um, that I get to have so it's it's cool it's like a blend of responsibility and and play yeah, I, I think that's a great. I think that's a great point because, uh, you know, when you talk about the responsibility and being a role model, you know, I, I like that you said it's it's not just for you know those little girls watching in the audience. You know, it is for your peers. It's for the company members. It's for the junior company members, the school members, right? Who are looking up to a uh, gee, I want to be like her. I want to dance like she dances. Like I can learn from her, you know? So I imagine there's that, you know, um, and then that sense of fun that you can have. And again, I understand it's not that dance isn't fun. And for all those listeners, like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, it, it's because it really is. We do it because it is so enjoyable, but yet it's a ton, a ton of hard work, you yeah. know? And so, so what does that then that responsibility look like or you are you still formulating that you know because it is so new yeah Yeah, I think I'm still formulating it but I guess several things I like we said we we all dance because we enjoy it but it is so hard Mm -hmm. and I think there's such a tendency in the ballet world to like suffer and beat yourself up and 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 i like to be someone that reminds you 
like someone positive in the room. So if you're having a bad day, I would love to be someone that's there to just be like, don't worry about it. You're going to work on it again tomorrow. And we're just going to keep getting better at it. Um, someone that reminds other people to have self-compassion. Cause I think we're a lot, oftentimes we're so kind to our peer, our peers. Oh, if that's hurting you, take it easy. You know, be smart today. Don't jump on it. If, if your ankle hurts or something. Um, but so rarely do we have that same kind of compassion for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So being just a, a light and a, a pillar that kind of stands for that, mm-hmm. uh, which is hard, like, right. Like, I don't always do that. It's not that I'm living by this 24 seven, but I would, I would like to implement more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, one thing that I love about Miami city ballet is that um, there's a great camaraderie among all of us, all of the dancers and, um, I find that we have a lot of fun. Like mm-hmm. I laugh a lot throughout the day and it's not that we, we take the work very seriously, but I don't think we take ourselves too yeah. seriously. Yeah. So if you make a mistake, like if it's silly, like we laugh, yeah. it's, you know, we're going to get, we'll, we'll fix it after this kind of thing. So I love that. And I just want to help foster that more, that there's a lightness about our work. Yes. We work super hard. Yes. Everyone is, you know, us all dancers get it. Like we're all trying to perfect ourselves and our dancing and it's impossible. So it's just this like endless roller coaster of, of, of strife essentially. Mm -hmm. But, um, we're also doing it because we love it. And yeah, I would just love to help. Yeah, no, I I think that's, I think that's a really great thing. I think to, to, to want to be that, you know, you, you need people not only in our in our inner circles, you know, but in our workplaces. And because when we do it in our inner circles in our workplaces, it then permeates out into mm-hmm. everywhere else. So it's gonna it's gonna go into the theater. It's gonna go from those people you touch in the audience from there to the people base. You know, it just has that ripple effect. I think when you bring goodness and light and positivity, um, wherever you are and however you approach it. And again, like you said, it doesn't mean there's not bad days or ups and downs, but when, right. when you're grounded and rooted to that, you know, to that being the essential, it can only grow from there, you know? Right. And so I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I find that, I find that to me personally, you know, it's so important. And I find that in dance, I find, and again, I can say it for dance. I'm sure artists in other kinds of mediums find it through, through through their art medium but for me it's dance is that that's what it's about for me it just it is this place where light and goodness and peace and joy is dealing with something if you're doing contemporary right if you're doing something contemporary and not your t- traditional you know story ballet if you're doing something contemporary that's handling something that's a little heavier, dark, or it doesn't have to be heavier, dark. You can, you're handling it just like you would in, in life, but you're finding that joy. I find dancing through it. And that's what you're offering the audience as a way to, to process those things. I, can you talk about that a little bit? Cause I, I could go on for days about that stuff, <laughs> but I want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, I think, there's something to be said. Dancers are also, well, first of all, humans. Um, they're whole humans. So um, they're not just 
one dimensional or there's not just one facet to them. There's so there's, it's a whole well-rounded human um, that steps on that stage. And I actually, that's one of my things that I just feel really passionately about is that being, we discussed earlier, when you're younger, you do have to be 100% devoted, immersed in ballet. There's a point when you have to see that you're a whole person too. And I think developing that and making sure that you're well-rounded and in all areas of your life help aid you when you're performing because you step on stage as a whole human. And I just really believe that that connects with other humans best. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what it's all about is connection. So then I think that kind of loops us back towards kind of what you were talking about is um, there can be pieces and ballets and, 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 even just sections of a piece that are heavier than others. And, and it doesn't mean that we have to kind of get sucked into that, but I think um, opening up different parts of yourself and finding a way that that can really resonate like a difference because that's going to speak to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then the next section is going to speak to somebody else. Like everything we're um, dancers have to be like method actors, I think. Um, like really like find a way to be yourself in whatever piece you're doing and like dive into that because you're just giving an experience to the audience mm-hmm. that, and that's why they're coming to us. Mm-hmm. That's why they want to come see the ballet. And that's how we're going to keep audiences coming back mm-hmm. is if we really give them an experience and almost like an expression that they either didn't know they needed, you know, like, Oh my gosh. Like, I didn't know I needed to see something like that. But we, I just think we have such an ability to touch people and, and resonate in their life. And um, so kind of however we need to do that, like various pieces. And But again, like you said, don't get too attached to it. Like there's levity in dance. Yeah, yeah. But we can find those like almost heavier, stronger emotions that can connect with people when they need them. Yeah. And, you know, somebody said to me once, you know, we, we stand in it, we stand in it and we go through it. We don't stand in it and let it swirl around us. We stand in it and keep going through it, no matter what it is. If it's something light, if it's something heavy, but we're the vehicle that's going through it. And when they said that, I was like, that's genius. You know? Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, and it was such a great, it, was, it that I found freeing and I was able to open, you know, a space because then you can let it go, you know? And when you speak about method acting too, because I, I studied acting for many years and we, I had a wonderful teacher who used to say, you know, you left the baggage at the door, you know, whatever was mm-hmm. going on. And I think I've said this before with other dancers I've spoken with, you know, you leave it at the door and you, and you can pick it up if you have to when you go back home, but leave it. Your job when you get there is to be fully and totally present so that you can serve the piece well, because that's what you're really doing is you're, you're serving the piece and the music and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, answer, artists are, are givers. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I don't mean that lightly. I just mean when, I, as I'm hearing myself say that, I think we, we have a, a capacity, a profound capacity to, to want to give. Uh, I think that's why we do it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Totally. Yeah. Like even w- circling back to 
um, the performance I got promoted in. I just, I just have this clear memory of truly being like, I want to touch as many people as I can tonight. Like that's going to be my goal. And um, that may have been partially a coping mechanism. The, the piece required like so many balances. Mm -hmm. So it was nice for me to be like, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on, you know, yeah, uh, the performance aspect. But um, yeah, it's true. I think that we just want to, you know, share yeah. with yeah. the audience. Like it's something that we love so much that we feel so good about doing that it only feels right to share it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It only feels right to share. I like that. I'm, wait, I'm going to write that down. I have to write okay. it down. <laughs> it only feels right. I love that. So let's talk about what are you in the middle of now? The season has started and what's going yeah. on with the season? What are you working on? What's happening? Yes. So, um, generally, at least for um, our company, we work on things. It's not necessarily the next thing that's coming up, but we work on things, you know, that will come up maybe not until March. Um, so we started the season for several weeks. We were doing Alonzo Kings following the Settle Current Upstream, which was really cool. Um, very cool movement and dynamic, um, a really neat thing to start with. So that took a while. Um, when we first started, we've moved into uh, Twyla Tharp's um, in the upper room. Oh, wow. Um, yes. And that's been super physical and really fun. Um, the music is just amazing. Um, so that's kind of been the focus uh, for the past couple of weeks. Um, there's been a bit of Firebird that I've been working on, which is really exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was very unexpected to to be getting to learn um, the Firebird. So that's been a really fun and exciting um, thing to be working on. But again, like that's not until the spring. So it's it's very much just when we can fit things into the schedule, when the stagers are available. Um, and, and trying to put all the pieces together for different performances. And how about, um, of course, Nutcracker? Are, when, is, yes. are you in the middle of that? Is that started? What's happening? <laughs> um, that has not. If, well, actually, there may have been a couple of Nutcracker rehearsals on the schedule um, for a couple of things. But in general, that hasn't quite started for us. <laughs> um, I, I think different than schools, professional companies yeah. tend to start a bit later mm -hmm. because we tend to, there's so many of us that are repeating that we've, we've already done this production. So we know it, it comes together pretty quickly in general. Um, so we haven't totally um, started with that, mm -hmm. but honestly, I love Nutcracker. I'm always happy to start it early. Um, it's just so beautiful and, and such a special, special ballet. Um, but yeah, we haven't totally started that yet. Yeah. And so tell everybody what your day is like. So here you are now, you know, uh, this is your, this is your livelihood. What does your day look like from start to finish from the time you get up to the time you go to bed? Okay. Um, I wake up, do my morning routine, coffee, put my hair up, all the things. Um, I have a bit of a commute to work. So I, I get on my train, I commute to work, uh, 
I do a quick warm up and then we have class for an hour and a half. It starts at 10. So from 10 to 11.30, we have technique class. Mm -hmm. Then we generally have six hours of rehearsal after that mm -hmm. with a lunch break halfway in between. Um, then I commute home and pretty much starts all go to bed and do it all, yeah. all over again. Um, but our, our, our rehearsal schedule can vary greatly. I mean, sometimes uh, we can do, like if we're working on a ballet like Swan Lake, likely we'll have six hours of Swan mm -hmm. Lake. Mm -hmm. straight through there's so much to the ballet mm -hmm. that's very normal for that stuff to happen sometimes we'll have a different ballet every hour mm -hmm. and I'll be going like from studio to studio you know you like bounce around um so it very much just depends on any given week the stagers here what we can rehearse what they're fitting in that sort of thing um but generally I'd say M most of the time, full six-hour days. Yeah. Sometimes you're lucky, have an hour off here, an hour off there. Or if you get done early, that's super I, exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, it varies. Yeah. It varies quite a bit. And is that and that's Monday through Friday. And then if you have weekend performances, it's yes, yeah. yes. So when we're in just a rehearsal period, it's Monday through Friday. And then as performances start, we generally have Mondays off um, and then work Tuesday through Sunday to facilitate all of the weekend performances. Right. Okay. And and you said you're, you teach as well, or is that like summertime or your hiatus or how is that? Yeah, more in the summertime. Um, I enjoy teaching um, here and there and stuff. Um, it's always fun to see students and kind of reconnect with that side of things because you really do look at class so differently when you're taking it versus when you're teaching it. Um, so I find that just like a, a cool thing to reconnect with. Um, but generally just on my off time in the summers and stuff. That's good. Yeah. And, how, and then what do you do to that isn't, you know, ballet or dance related? Do you any, like if you're, you know, to cross train or anything like that or just your own hobbies and interests do you have anything that's funny when you said that I was like spend time with my dogs oh wait I'm sorry Pilates um <laughs> the dogs is good the dogs is good <laughs> yeah um I I like I've mentioned I'm married so I, I love just being home with my my family I've yeah. we have two dogs that are very special to us mm -hmm. um so I love spending time with them. I feel that that's a great stress reliever and kind of like recalibrates mm -hmm. me a bit. Um, but in terms of other things, kind of cross training, I do a lot of Pilates. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of exercises, strength training exercises mm -hmm. that I've picked up along the way. Um, just throughout my career, I've had different mm -hmm. injuries and I've always kind of kept a list of exercises that I've gotten to get through various injuries or prevent mm -hmm. more. Um, and so I, I try to like keep, keep up with those. And sometimes, you know, you do better about it than others, but in general, returning to those, I think, um, it's just really important to my overall health. Yeah. Um, I do find acupuncture very helpful for recovery. Um, of course, massage, mm -hmm. um, Infrared sauna, I've gotten into oh. a lot. I find that that's actually really restorative for me. Mm -hmm. um, so several things that kind of help. Sure, sure. Because it's so going. And, and we have so much more now available. Yeah, you know, There's so much true. more available of these restorative therapies and whatnot to, to not only restore, but to keep you, 
you know, at your peak or just even yeah. just kind of put you back together a little bit after yeah. the rigors, right? After the rigors, yeah. it's, it really does its wear and tear, you know. Um, yeah. So, so where do you see yourself, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now or, 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 you, or do you not think about that? Um, that's a great question. Um, I do think about it. I'm not entirely sure. I know, you know, I've still got a lot left that I want to give in terms of dancing. Um, but of course, at some point, our careers uh, evolve and we, we have to um, step away from dancing at a certain time. Um, I have done several things. Step away from performing. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And just take it from a different a position, a different position. But um, I don't know entirely what I want to pursue after uh, my performing career. I do have my degree uh, from Northeastern and I have my real estate license and I started a Pilates certification. So I've done a lot of things to, to start preparing. Yeah, we do lots of things, right? Don't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, so several things, several options and several routes to take. Um, very into health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So kind of exploring uh, more education on that. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Well, kind right of, now, um, enjoying the moment. Yes, I was just going to say right now you are, are in being a principal dancer and you're in the height of your career, I guess, right? The height of your career, yeah. the pinnacle, the, you know, keep going and keep going up and, and all those things, which is, which is really wonderful. Um, can I go back for a moment, pandemic wise? Um, what, what were you doing? Where, how did that all play into anything? How was that? How was that for you going through the pandemic? The pandemic. You know, bring it up. If you don't want to talk about it, feel free to say, it. I don't oh, know. No, it's fine. <laughs> no. Um, but it was challenging. I think for everyone, I mean, I think for professionals, for students, for non-dancers, for everybody. Um, I remember we were finished. We had just finished, uh, program and we're still in the theater starting a second program and we had a dress rehearsal the night before and a tech rehearsal that afternoon and the staff came up on stage after and I remember I was practicing a really hard section and I kept practicing I kept practicing because I was supposed to do it that night and you know then they're they tell us okay we're actually going to shut down we're not performing and I remember thinking, no one could have told me before I was doing that hard section. <laughs> you just let me struggle through that. Um, <laughs> but um, of course, you know, that kind of, we had never seen anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so that kind of shook our dance world for sure. Um, and of course, for a little while, we didn't know, are we going back to work on Monday? Are we not? You know, how how is this going to play out? And uh, the rest of the season obviously was then canceled and then we didn't know a return to work date. And that was actually around the time that my husband was like, I've got this opportunity work by. So of course I was like, well, I don't know scheduling what's going on with me. So pursue that. And so we did. And then we got a return to work date for Boston Valley. So I went back and that was a very odd season and I think it was for every company, mm -hmm. we were in pods. Mm -hmm. So we were in, uh, like you would be with the same group of 10 ish dancers mm -hmm. 
every day for several months. You couldn't see anyone else from the building and you had to go straight to the same studio every day and we were in masks and don't stand too close and this and that. And we were doing um, so much via like Zoom. They set up these giant TVs in each studio. So we're Zooming to other studios and the rehearsal directors in that studio and just weird, you know, weird things that like we had never seen before. And um, so that was a very odd season. Um, We did some virtual projects, which was cool. I mean, in some ways, like I think it helped the dance industry um, almost by forcing us Mm -hmm. to evolve. Um, So that's, that was cool, but just weird. And there were no live performances and that's hard because I love to Mm -hmm. be on stage. Um, And at the end of that, came back down to Florida uh, to be with my family and then was kind of in the pursuit of, uh, getting a job here with Miami. So it worked out well. Yes. Yes. Anything before, before we finish, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with anything that any words of wisdom, um, any thoughts you said so much, you really have, um, no, but is there anything that you'd like to to leave? Um, I would say, especially because we we've been talking a lot about like those young dancers that really want to pursue this, like do it, pursue it, work as hard as you can every day for you. Um, not for the approval at the front of the room, but for you. And we hope that it gets you the approval at the front of the room, of course, but you won't like, you're going to hit roadblocks, right? Like there's never like an easy road to success. It doesn't work like that. But if you just continuously realign yourselves with your goals and remember like what you're doing it for, um, I think that you'll at least come out of the process proud of yourself. Um, And that counts for something. Um, And then I think always, we kind of talked about this, like, remember to have a bit of compassion for yourself. Like the way you would, and someone said this to me in the past, the way you would talk to your best friend or your sister, um, how like you have to talk to yourself that way. So remembering that always that we're all doing the best we can, including yourself. So be grateful. Thank your body. I've started doing that a lot lately. Thank you, body. I'm asking a lot of you. um, And you continue to show up in the, you know, the best way that you can. And some days I want it to be better or different, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we're all trying yeah. and having some compassion for that. Yeah. No, I, I like that. That's, those are wonderful words of wisdom. Um, Don, you're, you're just delightful. It's great speaking with you. You're delightful. Oh, you. <laughs> it's gone really fast. You are, you are welcome back to dance talk anytime. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah. And I just want to uh, thank all the listeners. Thank you. This is dance talk with Joanne Carey. Follow us, like us and share, share, share. Thank you everybody.